ओमज्ञानतिरंधस्य ज्ञानंजनशलाकया Full nectar, which amrit asvadana, tasting nectar. What is that nectar? Bhakti rasamrita sindhu. One drop from the ocean of nectar of Krishna consciousness is enough that we can taste that nectar more and more throughout our lives. The non-devotees are wondering, what are these people doing? It seems a very strange thing to discuss it. To them, it seems an imagination. We cannot understand how these people going on and on discussing which something which to them appears imaginary. They take this material world to be reality. That is the prevailing worldview of the modern age. That only that which we can perceive with our senses can be understood as reality. <coughs> But there is a transcendent reality which is mentioned throughout the Vedic literatures. Just like in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna he says, "Prasthasmatu bhava yo vyakto vyakta sanatana." This material world is sometimes manifest and sometimes not manifest. But there is another nature which is beyond this material world, which is permanent, eternal. So devotees they relish discussing. What are we discussing in our classes? Practically, if you listen to these classes. Well, here it's the same thing being discussed, more or less, <laughs> the same topic being discussed. <laughs> you're not this body. You're not even slightly this body. Material life cannot bring happiness. Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Surrender to Krishna, and then there are his pastimes, and we'll discuss. And you'll find devotees they take pleasure. What are those pastimes? And they discuss again and again. Krishna stole some butter. He fought with different demons. He danced with the gopis. So what? We can also write some book. Why stealing only butter? You can write some book. How people steal millions of dollars? That would be more exciting, it would seem. Stealing butter, and then dancing with gopis, and then you have so many sex novels. More sexy. Then killing demons, and there are so many stories, war stories. Krishna is spotting. Playing with the, that's all right. This story, yeah. Yeah. Then even we have, you may think, well, we have stories of Krishna that no one can have, just like Krishna is lifting the hill. But we also have science fiction, so many imaginary things. Alice in Wonderland, some nonsense story. How one Alice, what does she do? She falls down a well or something like that and finds some funny place. So there are so many stories, but all these stories they become dull and boring. Especially if you read some detective story, and once you've read it, you can't read it again. Or there may be some very good story, just like Shakespeare. They think is the best thing in literature. Ravindra Sarukhrabo, he wrote one article in Back to Godhead magazine, how he thought that Shakespeare was the ultimate. 
And he used to read again and again. What nectar! Reading Shakespeare, he was thinking. But he found that even Shakespeare, after some time, got a little boring. But then when you come to Srimad Bhagavatam, it's something you can read again and again and again and again and on and on through life. You see how Prabhupada, now we, we go, today we're going to watch some videos of Prabhupada speaking. And what is he speaking? You're not this body. Surrender to Krishna. Material life is useless. Prabhupada every day would say these things. He was going place to place. And again and again he would say these things. And he took great pleasure in it. Why? Because it's transcendental knowledge. Not that he got bored. Today we're going to talk about material life is useless. Everyone, oh no, no. It's interesting. Because this is transcendental knowledge to understand how this material world is useless and Krishna is the Supreme Lord whose lotus feet we should surrender to. So that transcendental knowledge that to reject this material world, what is here, this material world, what is the value? Even if you become a big, big, rich man, that won't make you happy. I got a letter recently from Nigeria, from a remote part of Nigeria, because I'm writing books and they're distributed in different places. So people write to me. And he said, you please tell me, that I'm living in a remote part of Nigeria where maybe only 1% of the population they know about Krishna consciousness. In other parts of Nigeria, it's well known. But he said, this is a very remote part. I think that must be on the edge of the jungle or something like that. So, he said, I have a childhood ambition. I want to be a super-rich, multi-billionaire. So you please give me some advice how by the blessings of Lord Krishna I can become super-rich. You tell me by astrology, whatever means possible. And then I'd like, I'd, by getting the money, I'd like to build a temple for Krishna. He wrote. So his desire is to become rich. So many people desire to become rich. But mostly they don't become rich. Well, you see, even the poor man is dreaming. Prabhupada told that story. There was a potter. Potter means he's a poor man. He doesn't have much sympathy. He's gathering some clay and making pots. That's all. So he's just earning a little money. Pal in Bengal, the, the, the pal, the caste, the name, caste name is pal. So it's not very high caste. Shudra. So they're earning a little money. But he's dreaming. Well, at night he's daydreaming that I'll make more and more parts and I'll get more money and then I'll invest some money and increase my business. Gradually I'll become very rich. Then I can get married because he's so poor he can't even get married. No one will marry him. So he's dreaming, I'll have a wife and then if she simply dreaming then if she says anything to me that I don't like, I'll kick her. So in his reverie in his daydream he gives a kick and he only has two parts and he breaks them so whatever he has he's dreaming of becoming a rich man but whatever he's got is spoiled so he only had two parts which were together worth ten rupees now he has nothing so people are dreaming of becoming rich but even if you become rich what is the value we see our friends of Iskand it's Sri Chand Hinduja. 
well name in well known name in India. In India, big businessmen they're well known people, but I think in other countries, big businessmen, people at least in England, people don't care. Maybe a few rich people they know the name. Otherwise, people don't care. They don't care for anybody. Whether you have a millions of dollars, whether you have a degree, people in India people take very seriously. You have PhD. In the West, no one cares if you have a PhD. I remember in our school, the lab technician was a PhD in physics. That means he used to come in and set up the test tubes, which is well below his capacity. But he couldn't get a job. PhD in physics. He's a very frustrated man. He was just earning. He was more educated than the teachers, but his job was to set up the test tubes and take them down again and all these things. PhD, MSc, PhD won't help you at the time of death. <coughs> so anyway, we have this Mr. Hinduja, that uh, for all his money, his life is scarred because his son committed suicide. I think his only son may have been the Dharam Hinduja. And his wife, even though she's got so much money, fame, so many things, but she's simply lying on the bed all day, staring at the ceiling, since for some years now, since her son died. So you see, money can't buy you love, money can't buy you happiness. It's a great illusion, such a big illusion. Everyone is chasing that I will get money and I will be happy. Or most people are not so ambitious. They think at least I'll get a degree, I'll get a job, then I'll get I'll get a bungalow. What you what you'll get? Degree is a license to work like an ass. That's all. That's all. But you can work as a more more sophisticated ass. That's all. Because if you get a degree, you get a job. Means then I can get a scooter or a Maruti car. But what will you do with that scooter or Maruti car? You will go to your office or your factory or your engineering plant and work like an ass. And that's all. It's simply you can, you'll get your two-wheeler. That's considered somewhat prestigious. Now in Gujarat, two-wheeler is not even prestigious. Before, when I first came to India, everyone had a bicycle. There was hardly any traffic. And anyone had a scooter, that was considered quite prestigious. And if you had a car, oh, only very rich people had a car, wasn't it? In those days, 20 years ago. Now, you have to have at least a car to be considered even slightly prestigious, and no one even cares for that. Now you have to have a foreign, foreign car, that's, that's considered quite prestigious. So, anyway, you can get all these facilities, but... Uh, Basically, your whole life will be how to work like an ass. That's all. And you get, and you get, just like the ass, he's fed some grass and different things. So, a more sophisticated ass, he may be fed not just grass, but maybe some carrots and some some different things to distinguish him from the ordinary asses. <laughs> so, so, someone with more money, he may have TV, VCR. He may be able to go on holiday once every two years to Singapore or something like this. He can send his he can send his children to a prestigious educational establishment so they can become even more sophisticated ass than him. It's all cheating. 
the whole society is simply cheating. People think, now I'm becoming advanced. You have to wear different prestigious suitings, Raymond suiting, DGM, what is DCM, OGM, Dinesh, I know because I see the advertisements everywhere. You have to wear this suit, which is nonsense, because the suit is not at all suited for the Indian climate. It's so damn hot and people are wearing suits and sweating. Therefore they have to have air conditioning. The proper suiting for India is Kadi Dhoti. But they have to wear a suit and then they have sweating like it. Oh, you see, now everyone is wearing these jeans and this. It's very uncomfortable actually for this climate, for the winter maybe. But most of the... India is famous as a hot country. But they're wearing this and it's... it's, I know because I used to wear in Bangladesh kami clothes most of the time. It was a Muslim country. In the, I was going to Burma and all. So uncomfortable. You sweat, you get rashes. But for the sake of prestige, people have to wear. So this nonsense society. And there's no, no taste. What is the taste? The taste is ultimately only sex. That's all. They can enjoy sex with. And they're not satisfied. They're not satisfied. Sex either grossly... Very grossly, in the Western countries, they have discovered so much gross ways of having sex. Thank you very much. For uh, they've discovered grossly how to have sex in so many ways. Now, India, we're saying India is becoming very degraded, but practically. Nowhere as degraded as the West. Did you go to the West at all? Did you visit? Did you ever go to America or anywhere? You never went. Well, you didn't lose anything, I can assure you. You didn't miss anything. So the society is so degraded that even the... Even... I heard in America that even at age 14, most of the children, they already had sex. Girls, boys. So if, if the young people in India hear this, they may think, oh, very nice. But actually they're not happy at all. They're not happy at all. The society is a very sick society. And here in India, it's the same thing, only they're more, a little bit sophisticated. Everything centers on family life. I will be happy in family life. So actually in Krishna consciousness, we don't say that's totally bad. That you can have your family life, but why should one want to live a happy family life? That in the family life, live peacefully, live it, lead a moral life, and chant Hare Krishna. Center your life on Krishna. But you should know that, however happily you're living with your family, and children, and all these things, that it's all temporary. It's not going to last. That, you see, in people's houses, some photo of some old person you see when they were very young. Maybe you have in your home also, I think. Some photo, yes, I saw the photo of your son, just a young boy. And now he's running his own business, something like that. So everything is changing, and you'll see the photos. Who is this photo, you ask? Oh, that's already expired, Hogya. Already died. 
So we may be very happy in our family life, but unless we develop Krishna consciousness, then what is the point? The hog is also happy in his family life. So here we are discussing Srimad Bhagavatam, which is to bring us to a different level of life altogether. There is Punya Karma and Pap Karma. So, at least among the pious people in India, they are enjoying sense gratification in a more pious way, not very simple way. And among sinful people, they are enjoying life in a very degraded way. But either way, the aim is how to enjoy the senses, which simply brings frustration. But, rasagyanam svadu svadu pade pade. <coughs> Krishna consciousness means to understand the taste of serving Krishna, something that can be relished at every step. This is not a fiction. Great Acharyas, here we have pictures of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, great, so many great Acharyas, so many great saintly people. It's not something mythological, it's not something imaginary, Krishna consciousness. You see, even today, so many people, if you go to Dwaraka or Dakwa, you see so many people, they're coming by walking, so many miles, chanting as they're going along, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, or Radhe, Radhe, something they're chanting. Pandoranga, Vita, chanting the name. So, is it simply imagination? If it was imagination, then they should have, they could chant anything else. Now it's the modern age, they could chant Coca-Cola. Probably they could get paid by the Coca-Cola company. If they could encourage people to take a padiatra to the Coca-Cola factory <laughs> with a big banner with a picture of Coca-Cola, now in India, in cans, 15 rupees only. So they, and you, they will serve Coca-Cola along the route and chanting, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. But no one will do it. Even if you give them free Coca-Cola, as much as they like, they won't take it. They won't chant Coca-Cola because there's no taste. There's nothing transcendental. There's nothing substantial. That is, actually this Coca-Cola is one of the most nonsense things. What is it? It's just some water with chemicals and gas. And they put it in a can and sell it for 15 rupees, which is cheap. Because in London they sell it for one pound. 50 rupees. Sometimes they have half price. 50 pence, 25 rupees. So, it's all cheating. They make a big campaign. This is wonderful, Coca-Cola. And they show photo. Here in India, thumbs up is the imitation Coca-Cola. So they show a picture of all young people smiling, isn't it? Thumbs up. They show the advertisement. If you drink thumbs up, that means you're very young and you're enjoying life. But simply by drinking thumbs up, you don't become happy. It's a nonsense idea. But they'd like to identify, that is the advertising business. This, uh, we were talking with that Samir the other night. Who had, he joined our temple some time ago. He's from Dalap Sampada, he's Indira Beti's nephew. So he comes from a very good background. So I, I, we visited his home in Bombay after Rathiyatra. So I asked him, what are you doing? And I'm studying advertising. So I immediately told him, that's a cheating business. 
because it's simply advertising means that something which has no particular value and you advertise it's of very great value just like this Raymond suiting I was saying or DCM suiting whatever they're advertising if you wear this you'll be very prestigious but what is it after all it's just some cloth to cover the body or thumbs up if you drink it then you'll be part of the young enjoying crowd but after all it's just some drink with some flavor previously the mothers used to make at home sherbet for their children and now they buy it how much does it cost now comes it must be six rupees eight rupees for one of those little things the small bottle that's eight rupees and you see how much cheating they make the bottle in such a shape that it looks big but if you pour it it's not even one glass and eight rupees in English it's called a ripper I don't know if they say that in India ripper means out and out cheating because it only costs them about less than one rupee to make it and they sell it for eight rupees so this is cheating and by ad- how do they sell it if you simply make it and put it on the shelf no one will buy it but by spend a lot of money on advertising so advertising is all cheating they're advertising thumbs up is very good Raymond suiting is very good but after all if you wear Raymond suiting it's not they show very prestigious and people look at they've created a myth that this is something wonderful but after all it's only some cloth it's not such a wonderful thing so advertising means cheating but what is the real thing? The real thing is Krishna consciousness. To understand we're not the body, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There's no cheating in this. There's no cheating. This is reality. Those Kirtan Mandalis, Bhajan Mandalis, who are going to Dhaka, they're never going to chant Coca-Cola or Raymond Sutta. Something substantial. This is going on for thousands of years because it is something substantial. It's not that it's going to change. It will go on also. Svadhu, Svadhu, Padei, Padei. Those who are spiritually advanced, they take pleasure in that which is reality. We see here the sages, Sutta Goswami, Shonak, so many rishis. They were not interested in Coca-Cola. They didn't serve out Coca-Cola at Naimisharanya. Or they didn't ask all the rishis, take off your... Practically, the rishis, they don't wear hardly any clothes. Just whatever is necessary. That's all. Something to cover the body. Nowadays our devotees, they may wear some nice clothing. Because people in the modern age, they judge you by your clothing. So if you wear smart clothes, they think you're from a prestigious institution. But if you wear, just like sadhus, they used to wear very tattered cloth. Shukadev Goswami, he was going naked. And he recommended, Chirani King Patina. Are there no torn clothes on the road? You can wear that. I can also sit on the street. But if I sit on the street, you won't take me seriously. I have to preach. Because you are materialistic, I have to build a big temple. Then you will think, oh, this is a very nice institution. I'll, I'll come and listen. <laughs> because you are materialistic. Because you see bricks. I don't see bricks, I see Krishna. But because you judge in terms of bricks, if there's a very big temple, it's very important. So like this. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarthakur, he used to speak of ontology and morphology. 
Ontology means the essence. What is the essence to understand Krishna? And morphology means the external show that we may use to attract people for preaching. Just like Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, when he was just staying in the mud, doing sadhana with his disciples, he would simply dress in very simple clothes. But when he would go to a big meeting with big, big judges and the head of the municipal corporation, big programs, he would dress in very fine clothes and turban and leather shoes and so many different things. That means a show for preaching. So our essence is Krishna consciousness. Let us understand Krishna. Let us discuss this again and again and again. Let us take pleasure in reality. Reality means Krishna. Everything else is useless. This we should understand very clearly. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? Any question? All right, we'll finish there. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.